everybody. I'm Bailey. I'm Lacey. And I'm Drew. And we're sarcastic, so let's get sinister. everybody first off i have a bit of a headache Good. but okay. i think that's just because oh. people at work were annoying me oh i'm sorry mm. i'm starting the episode in high spirits uh yeah I i'm gonna to break. start real high i'm, I'm gonna bring you down exactly it's gonna, get, it's gonna get dark yeah um but what else would a bailey episode be at this point fortunately guys sees oh my god Seize. Oh. I didn't seize at all. No, I you just. Got a rough I said, oh my god! Because my three-year-old is saying ring, 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 ring. <laughs> She's trying we'll to answer call the somebody. phone. Yeah, pick up. Which is insane because it's nine forty at night. Who's she calling? <laughs> I know. At this hour, I would let it go to voicemail. Right. <laughs> um. Did you? I think Lacey saw, or no, Lou saw. So neither of you guys saw. I sent you um, that message about how falling down trash chutes actually oh. isn't all that rare. I saw it right yeah, before so we jumped into that. recording. I didn't see it when you sent it, but yeah, that's... I don't understand it. Yeah. I still don't think I, that uh, Phoebe did it by accident. You know what's also fun? Um, I'm rewatching Friends currently, and there's an episode which, uh, Lacey, let me let me set the scene for the episode. Um, it's where like Ross is on sabbatical, and he's like, Emily just like announces she's getting married, so he goes out for like a night and doesn't return, and he ends up hooking up Janice. Ah, oh, Janice. Um, but during that episode, someone goes. Did he fall in the shit or get uh, stuck in the chat uh, trash chute? And they're like, he wouldn't fit in there. And Joey goes, I almost did or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So apparently it's a more common thing. It's fun. <laughs> I... <laughs> is she still ringing? Is that what that is? Yeah. <laughs> ring, they're ring, calling ring. again. She's being ignored. I also call my mom over and over when she doesn't answer when I call her. So. <laughs> Lou just went in and told her to hang up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any other fun information? Not for me. Oh, goody. Okay. Um. So this week's episode is definitely going to be a two-parter. Mostly because I feel like we're going to need, like, a palate cleanse or, like, just a nice cold shower for everybody afterwards um this is going to be a very strongly advised against episode so mom stop listening um well yeah um yeah there's torture, there's rape, there's animal cruelty, we've got murder, it's we've got a whole grab bag of awful stuff. Um, but today we will be talking about David Parker Ray, um, aka the Toy Box Killer. So <laughs> let's get into it, I guess. 
Um, June 2001, David Parker Ray, one of America's most prolific serial killers, was sentenced to over the was sentenced to over 220 years in prison. He is believed to have had 40 to 60 victims throughout his life with no bodies ever found. Jeez. That's yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. That's it's just so many. I know any the, number is a lot for murder, but like that's a the, lot. The victims. Because it's all a lot. It just It seems like a lot, especially if none of them were found. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna go into why that's most likely the reason why they were never found. Um I cannot wait. Yeah. That might actually be part two. Um Yeah, that'll probably be part two, but you might catch on like and have some of your own ideas of why they were probably were they're probably not not gonna be found. Um we're gonna start with David right now and go through his background before we really get into like the nitty gritty. Um, so David was born November 6, 1939 in New Mexico to father Cecil, who was an asshole. He was an abusive drunk to his wife, Nettie, which I know is a really cute name. Uh, I like it. Daughter Peggy and David. So he just abused the entire family. Um, at age 10, his parents were divorced so David, Peggy, and his mother moved in with her parents. And you'd think that, like, the grandparents, like, that's probably a better situation for them. Not really. Um, David's grandfather was very strict with specific rules and demanded everyone to follow them. And if someone didn't follow them, he would then physically abuse them. Um, his grandfather was also an alcoholic, too. Sure. Yeah. Because, you know, family tradition. Um, Although his father didn't live with them anymore, he still visited frequently uh, and decided to start exposing David to porn, specifically in magazines. Um, And these weren't, like, the basic cutty-cutter magazines, I guess you could call it. Um, He exposed... Uh, like teenage David to very extreme hard BDSM magazines. Sure, his grandfather. No, his dad. Yeah. Oh, his dad. Okay. Yeah. Fun. Either way. How else would you bond with your child? Stop muting, Lacey. I'm so sorry that. It's definitely me doing it. <laughs> I'm definitely in control right now. Oh, is that why Drew's laughing over there? Yeah. Did you notice that I was like turning you on and off? I didn't at first. I was like, why is she so giggly over there while she's telling us about his dad showing him porn? And then I was like, oh. I'm trying button. to not pay attention to his sadness. <laughs> I think it might be starting early. I think she has worse for us. Yeah. Um, I also just want to put out, like, they have n- nothing against BDSM. Do what you will. But um, it was probably way too young to expose a person 
too, and also like when they're first going into their sexuality in their teen years. Like he was like fourteen at this time. Like it's hmm. it's a little young that that's like when his did, first. Yeah. Sorry, when did you get your degree in psychology? Um, More childhood that development or... would have been um two thousand. Fuck you. Oh, that was a good year. I liked it. Thank that was you. a good one. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I have my masters in that. So. Um. Okay. So, David's mom, unfortunately, was also addicted to drugs and alcohol, which caused her to kind of hardly be in her kid's life. So, we uh, we're starting to see the trend of not great parental figures and a lot of alcohol around the entire family. Um. In his adolescence, he was bullied in school. Um, He was described as awkward and shy. Uh, He was both mentally and physically abused from grade school to high school. In high school, he began experimenting with drugs and alcohol and started getting obsessed with porn, keeping an entire collection from, like, what his dad has already given him. Uh, Peggy, his sister, at one point had found his collection of pictures and handmade drawings um, and was very worried. David was 14 at this time, and Peggy wouldn't have mentioned this to anyone until his trial in 2001. Which also, do people just make handmade drawings of porn in general? Like, that just seems very weird. I think if you're a disturbed youth, maybe. You, what year was this? I mean, I never did, but I think a disturbed individual whose dad introduced him to BDSM porn when he was a young teen might start doing that. Andrew, um, he was 14 at the time, so it was probably around like 1953. Yeah, I mean, the internet wasn't really a thing then, so you gotta... I mean, they had magazines. Yeah, yeah but like a lot less can't... work. You can't google search whatever you're into you need to like i don't think they had magazines for BD- bdsm they did I don't his know dad. for sure they they did his dad had them oh i don't have a follow-up but you know okay um so after high school he joined the army and became a mechanic he would later receive an honorable discharge and would continue to work as a mechanic after the army. Um, his coworker described him, would describe him as funny, friendly, and great at his job. He uh, had a knack for making his own custom tools and was actually respected for his technical ability. Um, the knack for making his own custom tools will come back to us later. I don't want it to. I'm sorry. Um, Ray was married. Does anyone want to guess how many times he was married? Four. Oh, fine. Five. It was four. I knew oh, it. I stole it. Um, do you want to guess how they all ended? Murder. <laughs> Who was <Divorce>. right? <laughs> <laughs> Lacey, you're so <laughs> this is fun keep playing this game Bailey okay uh, let me get through this next part and then we'll play another guessing game okay. um, in his first marriage he had told his wife that as a teen he kidnapped and tied a woman to a tree then tortured and killed her she didn't believe him 
Um, and she went on to say that he had increasingly disturbing behavior and that was what ended the marriage. Um, so true. We're both married, not to each other, but, um, how would you feel if, uh, Lou came home and was like, Hey, super casual when I was a teen, something happened. First of all, Lacey is very upset that you excluded her from the we're both I can't see her she was offended I'm glad somebody caught it my eyes are leaking Bailey are you looking at my face now yeah this is what she went well, so her screen right now on my end is is blacked out. Like I can't yeah. see her. Oh, that's because, weird. Um, well, it's because your internet needs to improve. Mine or hers? Hers. Mm. Sorry. Um, but yeah. So, how would you? Wh- what would you do if uh, either of your well, husbands? I feel like I'm in a tough spot. I feel like Lacey would be a more appropriate person to ask because I've kind of like been married to him for a while and we have a couple kids so it's like mm. a tough yeah we are know. a little bit newer i think that i, I would like probably... take a lot of that into consideration yeah mm. lacy sorry what i feel like i would have a lot of questions because i would want to know well i was gonna say i would want to know if he was telling the truth but also if he was lying i feel like that's weird too you know that made me think of when I did, it was like my very first episode on the podcast, The Sims Family, when mm-hmm. the whole family was murdered, and then like men in town started telling their wives, I killed the Sims family, and if you act up, I'll kill you too, just because uh, some people are like, because yeah. they were assholes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's how his first marriage ended, and the rest I didn't really go into, just because they all ended in divorce, and God bless those women that were married to him. I made um, it through. Some, sometime between all those marriages, he did have children. Do you want to guess how many? Eight. Seven. Okay, it's not that high, guys. Six. Two. He had two daughters. <laughs> Suck it, Lacey. <laughs> I hate this game. <laughs> um, his one daughter will remain nameless. She kind of is not important. Um, his other daughter, unfortunately, does make an appearance in this case. Um, her name was Glenda Jean Ray or oh. Jesse. It was. Oh no. Keep going. It's not what you think. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway. Uh, it's unclear when David truly started when he, committing his crimes, but it is believed that he began somewhere, began somewhere between the 1950s. Um, okay. So now we're going to jump forward and get really into it. Okay. Yay. Um, I know. Exciting. Uh, the, t- the year was 1999. Almost the turn of the millennium. Does that, does that make sense? Um, yes. Ray was 59, living in Elephant Butte, uh, New Mexico, with his girlfriend, Sydney, who was 39. Living where? Elephant Butte. 
That's not a place. Look it up. No. New Mexico. Are like those big, like, mesas. Yeah. Um, New Mexico has, the, like, the best names for towns because a neighboring city of Elephant Butte is called Truth and Consequences. Um, yeah. So, Sydney and Ray uh, shared a double-wide double trailer together, um, and Ray was working at the Elephant Butte State Park. Um, it's important to note at this time, Truth and Consequences, which was the neighboring city, and Elephant Butte were home to a lot of crime. Um, they There was a man-made, or there is a man-made lake there that was nice for a retirement community, but also lured a lot of drifters, sex workers, and drug addicts to the area. Um, and this is New Mexico, so keep in mind, this is a place that's open, people mind their own business, and they pretty much do what they, what they want. Um, March 19th, 1999, Cynthia, uh, Vigil, I think, um, was, or is, no, was, that makes sense, English, um, she was 22, she was working at a sex worker, um, she unfortunately was addicted to heroin, um, in Albuquerque, and crossed paths with David Parker Ray. Uh, Cynthia had a difficult upbringing filled with abuse and molestation, by the time she was 13, she had nothing, so she started selling drugs, and then eventually her body. Um, after agreeing to the price of a blowjob with David, Cynthia hopped in his truck, where he flashed a fake police badge and told her she is under, under arrest for solicitation. Um, Cynthia knew something was very wrong and off about this um, interaction. Uh, first off, Sydney. David's girlfriend was in the car. Um, mm. and they handcuffed her, Cynthia, and duct taped her mouth. Not typically how you get arrested. Have you ever been arrested, though? No, but I've seen it on TV. Mm. I don't know. Ask Lou. Does he duct tape? Has he ever duct taped someone's mouth when he was arresting them? Do you want me to actually ask him? No. <laughs> you look like you're about to because you looked off yeah, camera. I thought about it. He's making me dinner, so oh, okay. I want him to focus. Someone's mic keeps rumbling. I don't hear it, so I'm going to say it's probably mine. Um, so Cynthia was brought back to their property where they placed chains on her part. Okay. Um, including a dog collar that was around her neck and was attached to a pole. Um, just a few days later on March 22nd, so like literally like three days later, um, Cynthia was running down the road bloody, naked, and screaming for help as cars passed her by, too afraid to stop at the horrific sight of her. Um, she spots a mobile home, rushes through the front door, 
surprising the homeowner, who was an elderly woman washing her dishes. Um, again, Cynthia was covered in blood. She was naked, with the only thing on her was the dog collar and a six-foot-long chain with her. Cynthia had blood caked in her hair, droplets all over her face, and terrible bruises all over her body. Um, her and the homeowner called 911 together. While the elderly woman's husband retrieved a robe, a ro retrieved a robe to help make Cynthia feel safe, Cynthia would later say that she was really calm and they kept her calm. They promised that she was safe and he wouldn't come get her. Um, Cynthia now calls them their her guardian angels, which is really cute. Um, as Cynthia got help, she was stunned to learn that she was over 100 miles away from Albuquerque, where she was from. Um, when police arrived, Cynthia screamed at them, I'm alive, I'm alive. They obviously took her immediately to the hospital. Um, she immediately told them that she was kidnapped by a man and a woman in a trailer nearby, um, and she described her abduction in detail. Um... Okay, so since Cynthia is alive and well, she's doing great things, just preemptively. Um, so this next bit of information is like straight from her from an interview. Uh, she always said that she had a rule about RVs, um, and that's what like David picked her up in an RV. Um, that she unfortunately did not follow that night when David came through. Um, she described that when she and David got in the back of the RV, he pulled out the badge, threw handcuffs on her. She immediately reached for the door when David shouted, Sydney, causing Cynthia to pause, scared that David knew her real name after she had given him a fake. But he shouted out for Sydney, who came out from behind the curtains and shocked her with a cattle prod. They dragged her to the back of the RV, handcuffed her to a cabinet. They started driving, and she was able to come to and started to unscrew the cabinet so she could get free. She got to her feet and crouched down, planning to go to the door when the RV eventually slowed down. But suddenly, Ray slammed on the brakes, and Cynthia lost her balance, and she was still handcuffed behind her, behind her back. Uh, at which point, Sydney noticed Cynthia wasn't handcuffed to the cabinet anymore, and both her and Ray went back with a gun to Cynthia. And at that point, Cynthia said everything went black. Cynthia then remembers waking up to the sound of Ray's recorded voice. This was a 20 minute long tape that informed her of what she was, what she had in store for her. Um, Ray really liked foresh foreshadowing for his victims, apparently. Um, and we'll, we'll come back to the tape when we go through all the evidence. Um, she told police she was strapped to a bed in the trailer, in a trailer, naked. She had a bucket to use as the bathroom and was repeatedly sexually assaulted and felt like she was going to be killed. Uh, they tortured her for three days. Her torture consisted of forcibly, forcible rapes with various dildos, forced bestiality, um, her nipples were stretched to the full extent they would go. She was forced to give oral sex to Ray whenever he demanded. Um, 
he liked to apply a series of electrical and uh, medical instruments in different areas of her body. Uh, at one point, she was suspended from the ceiling, whipped, and was threatened with a gun. He used whips, medical instruments, and shock electrical shocks on her. Which I just repeated. Never mind. Um, in a recent interview, Cynthia described um, the torture as the more pain that I showed, the more I hurt, the more he got off. Um, so as we're going to find that uh, David was a very disturbed individual and would later be called a sexual sadist. Um, Cynthia was smart, though. She started to st studying her surroundings and listening to conversations between Sydney and Ray. Um, she quickly realized that in order to live, she would need to escape. Um, on the day she escaped, March 22nd, um, it was her third day in captivity, Ray had left for work, leaving Sydney to watch over Cynthia. Um, Sydney had gotten a phone call um and left the room to just talking on the phone cynthia knew that this would be her perfect chance um especially with the keys to her padlock restraints were left beside her um where was i okay um cynthia was able to begin uh, she was able to grab the keys and begin to unlock herself when Sydney came back in the room. Sydney saw what was going on, grabbed a lamp, and decided to throw it at Cynthia's head. At this point, Cynthia was dazed but still conscious. Um, and she was able to unlock herself and start grabbing the phone and calling 911. Sydney hung up the phone and, in a struggle, a box of, like, miscellaneous items got knocked over, and in the debris, Cynthia found an ice pick and was able to stab Cindy in the neck with it. Cynthia then rushed for the door. She, she fled without anything, such as clothes, uh, with just the chain around her neck. Uh, that's when she took off running down the street. Um... Now, at first, unfortunately, uh, with Cynthia's history and the stigma of her profession, uh, the police didn't really fully believe her story. Um, but when they were, like, talking to her and questioning her at the hospital, they saw all the wounds on her and were like, fuck, this is real. Um, she also was able to tell them where the trailer was located but because of that failed 911 call, police were already dispatched to that site and on their way. Um, while at the hospital, they noted multiple bruises and burns from the electrical torture. There were welts on her back, punctures in her breasts, cut bruises, and a recent bump on her head. All pretty much corrobor corroborating her story. Um, so, the additional police were going to the property... Um, and obviously they had heard through, like, the radio and the communication about, like, what was going on with Cynthia. So they had, like, a little bit of an idea of what was going on or, like, what possibly could be happening. Um, in the trailer, they noticed the aftermath of the struggle. They also noticed the bed, the bathroom bucket, the pole in the living room. Um, 
all exactly how Cynthia had described it. They quickly took Ray and Sydney in for at least 12 different criminal charges, including kidnapping and aggravated assault, and their bail was set to $1 million each. Excuse me. Mm. Um, Ray and Sydney claimed that they were helping Cynthia kick a heroin addiction. Um, kind of an interesting therapy, I guess. Yeah, it's one way to do it, I guess. It's kind of like, um, I guess, like, scared straight. Just like, you know, time to the crap out of them. Sure. You act like that wouldn't work. Um, but no fear, the police did not buy that story. Um, they were able to obtain a search warrant for the rest of the property, having absolutely no idea what they would have found. Um... So, if you remember during the struggle, Sydney was stabbed with an ice pick. Um, Sydney did need medical attention, and being a very small area, I guess, uh, they took her to the hospital, um, where in the ER treatment area, Sydney, Cynthia saw Sydney who, while she was coming in and getting assessed, and started shouting through the ER, that's her, like, at the top of her lungs. So... Um, the police start searching the property and it's important to know, like, they have, like, they, the first search was their, like, double wide trailer where they, like, live and everything. Um, they found a separate trailer on the property too. And that's, uh, they went into search not knowing what was in there. So this would be called David's toy box. This is why he's called the toy box killer. Um, it was an 8 by 25 foot white trailer. Um, it's estimated that Ray spent about $100,000 on the trailer and its contents. Uh, and we're going to get into what they found inside. And it's going to be a long, long list. So first and foremost, there was a black uh, gyno chair in the middle of the trailer. Uh, there was various medical equi- equipment such as surgical tools, needles, syringes. He had chains, cages, pulleys, clamps, whips, straps, and ropes, various saws, knives, um, electrocution clamps. There was... Is everyone okay over there? Okay, your feeds are, like, cutting in and out. Um, he had various sex toys... He had drills modified with sexual devices, handcrafted dildos. Um, for an example, he had one made out of uh, PVC piping. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Um, with nails facing outwards and upwards, um, able to rip and cut the skin. He had ankle spreaders that would force the legs so far apart that would tear muscles and dislocate hips. Jesus. Um, He had a mirror on the ceiling, which allowed his victims to see everything he was doing. Um, There was a wood contraption that was said that would bend over victims and immobilize them while he had dogs or friends rape them. Um, And there were cages that were uh, like coffin shaped almost in in a way. 
Um, on the walls, he had diagrams of female anatomy, images of women being gagged, tortured, tied up, and hogtied. Um, he also had, like, two pretty, like, I mean, you, you're able to, like, kind of Google and see pictures of this site. Um, there's, he called it, uh, Satan's Den or, and had, like, Satanism references on his walls. They had also found a clipboard, um, which they believe listed abductions from 93 to 97 with dates and tally marks. Um, this led investigators to believe the tallies represented each number of assault he committed on each victim. Uh, they found the police badge that Ray used. He liked to keep trophies from each victim, um, such as jewelry and clothing. They had found Cynthia's clothing from when she was taken. Um, and they actually have a catalog of these items uh, online. Um, I think the FBI has it, um, but they still have them out there in hopes that people, like, would recognize these trinkets from someone and maybe, like, come forward with a potential victim. Um, there were also medical manuals devoted to female anatomy, um, and he had a page of directions of how to handle a sex slave. Which included uh, saying that bondage was a must, and the neck collar was considered permanent. Uh, it included methods of psychological torture, including a blindfold and a slow, deliberate approach. Verbal abuse was part of every move, including putting the slave in right positions as he told her what he was going to do to her. Um, it was important to prevent her from thinking too much. He, uh, under that list, he also said, keep her off balance, emphasizing the importance of keeping both her mind and her body in a state of stress. This was to make her more docile and willing to do what she was told. He listed 16 techniques of brainwashing someone, including isolation, fear tactics, abuse, and occasional small favors. Uh, which he labeled, which he said the best that was the best way to make a slave, um, malleable, I guess. Cynthia remembers being strapped to the uh gyno chair for hours while being tortured. The rest of the time, a dog collar was around her neck, and keeping her chained, uh, to the pole by the bed. Uh, investigators, while searching the property, found bone fragments on the property, but unfortunately, they were just determined to be animal remains. Um, they also found two video cameras, which uh, one was specifically angled to the gyno chair. If you look at the, like, photos, it's kind of like that chair is just, like, in the center of everything. Um, it's kind of creepy. No, it is creepy. Uh, so, of the videos, because they found at least a hundred, uh, there was no order to any of them, and uh, it was, like, various things. Like, one showed him just testing equipment, um, and then would, like, cut to him with a captive woman. Specifically, that woman um, was a young blonde that was strapped down 
unconscious or unresponsive appearing uh, while Ray was touching her and torturing her. Um, they did, they were able to, like, kind of, like, find a tattoo on her leg, um, on her left calf, and were trying to, uh, oop, sorry. Okay. They found a tattoo on her leg, specifically on the outside of her left calf, and then started looking into her and trying to find her. Um, they had sent the pl- the tape to the FBI where they were able to enhance the image to get a better look at the, the tattoo. Once that was achieved, they released the image of the tattoo to the media looking for anyone who would know, like, knows the woman or the woman herself in hopes to find, like, another victim and get justice for her. Um... During the search, they also found his homemade audio tape. Remember when Cynthia said that she'd, like, listened to it the first time she got there? Um, he used that to greet all of his victims. Um, it would explain how he was going to, what he was going to do to them and how he was going to do it. Um, it also revealed that he drugged his victims with sodium pentothal and phenobarbital. I also, before I go into those drugs, you, the tape is, like, some of the tape is out there. You can listen to it if you want to. I wouldn't. Um, he just, it's, he sounds so, like, such like a jackass and is very creepy in it. It's very disturbing. Um, so going into the drugs. So sodium pentothal is, a son of a bitch. trying to get comfortable you're doing a great job thank you okay so sodium pentothal is a rapid onset and short acting barbiturate um if anyone knows of the drug like propofol um it's very similar to that so it's used to like for induction into anesthesia it goes iv usually causes unconsciousness in like 30 to 45 seconds but can last anywhere from like five to ten minutes. Um, it's also used to induce medical coma, medical induced comas, uh, euthanasias, lethal injections, um, and also can be known as truth serum because it weakens resolve of the subject and makes them more compliant to like pressure. Um, phenobarbital is used as a sedative and anti-seizure medication. It's also a barbiturate and slows the activity of the brain. Uh, barbiturates in general are sedatives or like sleep-inducing drugs. Um, they can help sleep, relieve anxiety, muscle spasms, and prevent seizures. So, I don't know how he came up with that mix, um, but that was the drug combination that he chose to use for patients not patients crap for victims um david would describe himself as a dungeon master and claim to be affiliated with the church of satan um he was to be referred to as master while sydney was to be referred to as mistress um his caps capt- captives were never 
allowed to speak unless spoken to first. Um, Cynthia remembers from the audio tape that the way he talked, uh, this is a direct quote from her, I didn't feel like it was his first time. It was like he knew what he was doing. He told me I was never going to see my family again, telling me he would kill me like the others. Um, here's just the, like, opening of the tape. Um, which he, I'm pretty sure he chuckles in the beginning, which is just awful. But he goes, okay, explicable. He calls it like a bitch or something. Um, we both know why you've been brought here today. Your wrists and ankles are chained and you're gagged because you're not going to like the way I do it. You're going to be kept here naked and chained down. I'm going to use you for a sex slave. If you, if I thought you knew too much to cause damage, you would not be turned loose. You would simply disappear. That's as far as I'm going to read. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like that gets the point across. Yeah. That it was not a good tape to listen to. No. Um, so, through their investigation, they were actually able to find some uh, other victims. So, we're going to go into the victims right now before we go back, like, into, like, sentencing in his trial. What time are we at? Perfect. Okay. Um... So, the first one that they found, her name was Kelly Garrett. She was 25 years old and was actually the fr- a friend of Ray's daughter, Jessie. Um, she, she was the one identified uh, in the video from the, as the FBI, like, enhanced that image. They identified her from her tattoo. Um, her ex-mother-in-law actually recognized her tattoo and got the police in touch with Kelly. Um, at the time of the investigation, Kelly had li- was living in Colorado, um, and she had no memory of Ray's house and no idea why the FBI had a picture of her tattoo. Um, she had reported that she was having nightmares of duct tape, handcuffs, and being held to a table, but had no idea why she was having those nightmares. During her interview, they ended up having to show her the video because she just, she had no memory of it. Um, so she was taken in July 1996. Um, after having a fight with her husband, she went out with her girlfriends, like bar hopping and playing pool, just trying to like relax and have fun. Um, her friends ended up, and her ended up at Water Blue, sorry. Her friends and her ended up at Blue Water Saloon in Elephant Butte. That's where Kelly ran into Jesse. Kelly's girlfriends all went home, but Kelly wanted to stay and hang out, so she hung back with Jesse at the bar. Um, Jesse had offered to give her a ride home when they were leaving, and instead, Jesse took Kelly to her father's trailer. Um... Kelly eventually remembered having only one beer, but not feeling well afterwards. Like, she was, like, dizzy. Um, It turns out Kelly had been roofied by Jesse. When they got to the trailer, they held a knife to her throat and put the collar on, duct taped her, and handcuffed her. 
She was held for approximately three days, going in and out of consciousness, being drugged, and constantly raped and tortured. Uh, Ray thought that Kelly would have died from the drugs, but she was still living. Um, so he decided to slit her throat when he was done with her, um, and leave her to die by the side of the road in the desert. Thankfully, someone found her and got her her help, got her help, and she survived. Now, you'd think if someone came in with, like, a slit throat that you'd kind of be like, oh my god, what happens? Like, anything you tell us, like, we have to believe, like, you don't just accidentally get your throat slit. Uh, but her husband and the police didn't believe her story. Her husband didn't believe her either. Um, especially with her not having any memory of what happened. Her husband believed that she was cheating on him or went on a, a drug binge while she was gone. And then soon filed divorce. Um, at that point, that's when Kelly moved to Colorado after her divorce to kind of get away. Uh, yeah, I don't know what was going on in her relationship, but it doesn't sound good if he doesn't believe that she got... Yeah. yeah. Um, let me see where I'm at. Okay. Uh, the next victim was uh, Angela... Monto. Okay. Uh, she was taken shortly before Cynthia in February, so back in 1999. Um, she was from Truth and Consequences. She actually was an acquaintance of David's. She stopped by his home looking to borrow cake mix. Uh, while when she was threatened with a knife, and Sydney came out with a gun. She was bound, stripped, and harnessed to the table. They placed the metal collar on her, attached electrodes to her breasts, and jolted her with severe electrical shocks and abused her with various sexual implements. Um, just as he promised in his uh, like tape, he forced her to perform oral sex on him. She was shocked and tortured for three days, um, sometimes shocking her and in very sensitive areas if you know what i'm hinting at um on her fourth day she was able to persuade her them to let her go and they dumped her miles away in the desert she was found alive by the police and they wrote a report but never followed up on it uh It seemed like it was because she she was a sex worker and did have a drug problem that they just didn't wrote it off. Yeah. Um the last known victim or uh, that we have a name to, unfortunately, um is a 22-year-old woman named Mary Parker. She was tortured by Ray and then strangled by an accomplice, David Yancey, who we'll go into next episode. She was actually a former girlfriend of David Yancey and a mother of two young kids. 
um, just to be, keep, not go into, like, my different, like, sections, we're going to end there for this episode because we've also covered a lot. How's everyone doing? So good. I'm feeling so good about people. Yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting to end so soon. I'm always. I know. I. It's just because my next one is accomplices. And I. It's a. It's a long part. Gotcha. I had. I was going to ask about accomplices because you mentioned them earlier, but I'm just going to wait until he does. He does have, have a few accomplices. Yeah. I mean, his girlfriend for one. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. His How for another? Yeah. And then I feel like that brings up the same question that we've talked about before is when people get together and do that stuff, do they like already individually have that in them? Like you have to. And then like the other person brings it out cuz I feel like if you don't already have it the ability in you to do that shit to people, you're not going to be able to be talked into it. Yeah. I feel like his daughter may have been like brainwashed. Yeah, I don't really know what happened with uh jesse but sydney like it go we like we're able to go into it and like we're gonna learn more about her yeah we, okay. we we learn a lot of her she's not a great person can you fuck yeah, off you figured. stupid bug once sorry i was gonna say it's pretty obvious she's not a good person <laughs> yeah i already got that from what we learned today yeah um any questions of what I've gone over so far? I don't think so. Okay. I did pull up a picture of his his toy room. Toy box? Yeah, so that was horrific. Yeah. They still Very sinister. They, they still have that in like custody and like all put together and everything. Yeah. yeah. You said he was arrested in or he was his trial was two thousand one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And like I watched uh one of the sources I watched a video of like the like arresting officers that like first were on the scene and they honestly like they had no fucking idea what was in that trailer. So like when they went in it was yeah. 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 I feel bad for the I mean all the victims, but the girl who blanked it out or didn't remember Kelly. That they yeah, that they had to go talk to. I feel like it that sucks. To have, not that she was okay, because she was having nightmares and I'm sure had issues that she didn't know what they were. Yeah. But then she, like, had to find out about it after it had already happened. I feel like it's, like, victimizing her twice. And not I even know. find out about it. They, like, they showed her the tape yeah. of her being tortured. I don't like that they showed it to her. Yeah. I don't know if it was just, like, she didn't, like, believe it or, like, maybe they were hoping it would, like, trigger her trigger memory something. back. Yeah. yeah. I would I would, like, I would have preferred if they just, like, had a still that yeah. they showed her. Mm -hmm. Like, a picture. And, yeah. and then being like, this is you, right? Mm-hmm. Instead yeah, of, that's... like... Yeah. Doubly shitty. Yeah. But yeah, it was, um, like, they double victimized her. and Yeah. Unfortunately. And then Ange Angelica, or Angeli Angela, uh, didn't even like her case or like they didn't even like follow up with her report yeah. i would like to do a case next where um the the police, police do, do everything, everything right yeah. yeah 
We'll do our best to find one. Yeah. Um, but in the beginning when I said like estimated like forty to sixty and like none ever found, you can kind of start to like piece it together that like he drugged them, you're in the desert, like So yeah. he could do we know that they're all dead? Because couldn't they be we don't know. It's and it's honestly that's estimated just based on like, uh, I guess like time frame of victims because, um, Cynthia was taken in March, but uh, Angelica was taken in February. So if like he's doing like a like one person a month for how many years? Yeah, you that's... can kind of like rack up the math. And at that point, like, that's when you, like, that was right when he was, like, getting caught. So, like, you'd have to, like, if criminal minds have shown me anything, they start to spiral and they get, like, very, like, careless. In a quicker, like, turnover. Mm. As awful as that sounds. So, yeah. Um, I did want to mention, I forgot, but, um, I wanted to mention Neil. Uh, we have, uh, as of this morning, 155 followers. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. it's been fun watching on, it climb up on Spotify. To be clear, mm. do you want me but, to yeah. figure out how many we have on Apple? Thanks, everybody who's following us. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. Sorry for this current episode. <laughs> it's fun that you like us enough to keep listening to us chat. Yeah. So we destroy everyone's hopes and dreams on Friday morning. <laughs> Fun that you keep being bummed out with us at the end of the week. Right into the weekend. Perfect time to get bummed. Bring that energy, that Friday energy down. Well, because, like, people get too happy on Fridays, so, like... Be humble. We need to even it out. It's, it's like, um... I was going to say Freaky Friday, but I feel like Sinister Saturday would be better. Ooh. Oh. Because we're sinister and sarcastic. Yeah. And now Thank on Saturdays. Thank you for Saturdays. clarifying why <laughs> that would be. She didn't did, know. Lacey, did, did you know that's our name? She what knows. Is it? Um, it's called Sinister and Sarcastic. Mm. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Why are we doing Fridays and not Saturdays? Oh, my God. Should we move? <laughs> How about starting September, we start doing Sinister Saturdays? Sinister Saturdays in September? Yeah. Okay. Could we get any more alliteration? Probably. I'll think of some stuff. All right. We have snacks while we record. (laughs) Snack snack time time during Sinister Sinister Saturdays on September Saturdays. Sorry. Well, that was sinister. And we were sarcastic. And we hope you keep listening.